This programme was produced at and first aired on NPR, Manawatu People's Radio, with support from New Zealand On Air. Kapai Irarangi Tomotu, NPR. Support this show and others like it by giving a donation. For more information, go to www.mpr.nz forward slash donate. and welcome to Calling All Workers, a production from the Manawatu Unions. Uh, with me in the studio today is George Larkins, uh, General Secretary of the Manufacturing and Construction Workers uh, Union. Hello, George. How are you, mate? I'm good, thank you, Derek. Good, good, good. good. And, uh, and for those that don't know, I'm Derek Picking. I'm an organiser with First Union based here in Palmerston North. And uh, today, uh, George and I are going to continue the chat on the very topical um, uh, vaccine rollout and um, probably the uh, mandates at work and maybe a little bit if we get time around the traffic light system and the um, vaccination passport. Righto, George, um, obviously we're getting a lot of questions around uh, the vaccine, um, the mandate, um, and we touched on it last time we were speaking. Um, and I suppose uh, one of the big developments is there's a new vex out that's available for people, and um, and it's quite important because a lot of people, I understand, were asking around it. Yes, it's the uh, AstraZeneca, so that's now available. I understand they have 50,000 shots available, and they'll be able to get more if that's needed. But um, certainly some of our members have said they don't want to get the um, vaccine until that particular one is available. So that's now online. Mm-hmm. So hopefully they will go and do that. Have you had uh, much, uh, you know, uh, I suppose questions around uh, what, you know, what, what if I don't want to do it, uh, that kind of stuff? Uh, what's going to happen to me? Is it fair? You know, I could lose my job. And I know that's difficult from a union's point of view because we represent members, but. You know, we're also bound by the Health and Safety Act and we're also bound by uh, legislative um, requirements as well, aren't we? Yes, so uh, things are really heating up at the workplace. Uh, Certainly the matter of people's rights and uh, their rights of choice and all those things are coming into play now that most work sites are looking at their risk assessment to determine whether or not Mm. that particular work site or some of the roles within it will require people to be vaccinated. So those issues are coming to the fore now. We're getting a lot of questions from people who um, are either anti-vax or hesitant. I'd have to say the vast majority of them are hesitant rather Mm. than Mm. anti-vax. And yes, we're fielding those conversations and we are talking to them about the reality of the legal situation. Um, but obviously we're looking for ways to retain jobs. Uh, that's obviously one of our key functions, and we take that extremely seriously. Mm. So now that AstraZeneca is available, hopefully those that were hesitant around that will now get that done. Um, but there is a lot to th- consider, and um, possibly another consideration is the rapid antigen testing, um, which would mean that you would know whether or not you're positive within a 15-minute time frame. Mm. So um, could unvaccinated people, rather than getting vaccinated, simply do that test? 
Um, that test is currently on trial in MB- MBIE and uh, MIQ centres, and um, because it's on trial, it hasn't been rolled out for use um, to businesses at this stage. I know. I know. Uh, I, I'm. I'm consistent constantly telling George what's going on in Singapore because my brother um, lives over there and they've had those uh, the government issued those tests out to every single person um, you know so they could actually do the 15 minute you know look I mean it's it's around about I think 93 or something percent is uh, as accurate you know and if you do get a false one I mean you've got to go and do the test it's always backed up by that test so you know a good thing to have I suppose in our arsenal and also allows us to do that <coughs> excuse me um, you know the travel and uh, and you know being able to having rather than having that rather invasive um, one up your nose you know, being able to do it. And I think they're also trialling the saliva as well, you know. Um, so there's, yeah. you're right, there's a lot going on in the sense of trying to get to a place where it's, it's, it's quicker and easier. Uh, just on that too, George, the, you're talking about the, um, you know, uh, risk assessments. Uh, uh, just so the listeners know that uh, obviously they have to include uh, the unions in their proposals and have to seek the feedback from us um, on that, haven't they? And, and I've had, obviously we've had Countdown, uh, the warehouse and now uh, Foodstuffs, um, you know, presenting um, massive reams of information and risk assessments and stuff have you had the same, um, you know, amount of people, large employers, or do you, are you getting a lot of smaller employers doing it? What's what's your call? Yeah, no, we uh, mostly larger employers are doing this. Obviously, some smaller employers will be doing that as well, but I'd be doubtful about their processes. So there's very clear <laughs> um, processes and guidelines to follow for. Um, in terms of how that risk assessment should be done. So you're quite right, if a union exists on site, um, the union has to be consulted. So the process sort of goes like the company and the union and delegates will get together and uh, start formulating a risk assessment um, proposal and that proposal will then go out to all workers uh, to consult on whether or not uh, they see it needs changes or they don't agree and why. Mm. Um, and once that process is complete, then the actual risk assessment should be done. And if it determines that a role or all roles in a work site um, would require vaccination due to the high risk factor, then um, obviously they will be entitled to mandate to um, have th- that workforce um, be vaccinated in order to mm. perform those roles. Um, So obviously um, you can still choose not to be vaccinated, but in those circumstances, if there's no alternative roles at that work site, uh, then it's quite likely that your um, employment may be terminated as a result of that. I've had uh, one employer um, uh, uh, advise me of what their um, COVID kind of policy is, and uh, for the unvaccinated, uh, they've got to wear face shields as well as mask, and they've got to wear gloves. You know, so that's part of that. They have to wear every day, though I think would be rather uncomfortable and, and rather hot. Uh, but that's what they've got to do because you know they're they're protecting the people. Because <laughs> George and I and other organisers and unions are stuck in the position of um, we have uh, we work for the majority, and the majority of people that are vaccinated uh, are saying we don't want that person beside us. You know, so it's all very good. That person saying, "I have, you know, you know, I don't need to take it," but there's consequences to their actions, and we've got other people saying, the large group saying, 
we don't necessarily want to work beside that fella, you know. Yeah, that is right. There is um, a lot of noise from those that don't wish to be vaccinated and there's sort of a silent majority saying, well, we think you should be and we don't necessarily want to work alongside of you. But in amongst that is also another mix of um, people who are quite happy to get vaccinated who equally are unhappy about the fact that some of their colleagues, mates, etc., may end up losing their jobs and they don't want them to. And so... Um, they're sort of against mandating for vaccination mm. um, th- for those reasons. But this is a health and safety issue rather than a, a moral issue. Yeah. Um, I also, yeah. you know, it'd be fair to say, in my in my opinion, that, you know, inconvenience isn't oppression. You know, it, it's an inconvenience to all of us, but it's not an oppression, you know. And, and I think we, I'm not sure about, we might have touched on it last time, the amount of misinformation that's going on and the um, people that are taking... Uh, those formats or those platforms and coming in with their own <clears throat> warped um, or um, oppressive um, behaviours, you know, whether that be a, you know, extremist um, and, um, you know, white supremacists and stuff like that, you know, they're all jumping in on this and also offensively using stuff that to, you know, the Rangatira flag and, and the United Tribes flags and stuff like that and trying to whip in and, and, and utilise that as some kind of protest. Well, that's right. Um, so it is rather concerning that when we have um, anti-vaccination protests that we uh, notice that there are Tino Rangatira flags, mm, um, mm. Māori tribal flags, uh, mm. the New Zealand Māori flag, um, flying alongside our white supremacist flags mm-hmm. and Donald Trump flags, um, you would imagine that ordinarily those flags should never be seen flying together. Mm. So you'd have to wonder whether or not um, those white supremacist groups who uh, not that long ago were threatening to, um, you know, kill somebody on a marae, um, are just simply infiltrating and utilising this situation to infiltrate um, young Māori or, or Māori, etc., mm. um, and you know, be seen to support them when in fact um, they don't. Mm-hmm. Um, getting back to because um, I, I don't want to waste my breath on those, um, you know, um, small minorities. You know, I said to my daughter the other day, I said, <clears throat> you know, uh, while there might be a hundred or so gathered in here in Palmerston North, there's thousands upon thousands of people that are actually um, being a citizen and considering and looking out for other people and taking a jab. So I, I, run it. I don't want to give them air time any more than what we've done, George, I think. Well, no, the, I mean, the medical advice um, is that if you can get vaccinated, you should, and you should do that in order to protect the vulnerable in our community. Yeah, mate. So, you know, that's the overriding thought, really, mm-hmm. in terms of that. The- um, but, but I'd also have to say that, you know, we are working towards trying to find solutions for people that um, don't wish to be vaccinated. We are definitely uh, looking at how we can accommodate that situation, but it's not very easy at all. Mm. The um, Currently, the Mid-Central Health um, is on 80.8%, I think, of uh, for the doses. And um, this is important because, you know, the government is saying around the 90% marker in regards to the traffic light uh, system that they're going to introduce. And I think we just need to touch on that a little bit. 
um, and what does that mean not only for our members and workers but you know everybody in uh, in New Zealand. Um, and so the the system is uh, three codes is red, which just means basically I think is that our hospitals can't cope with the amount of people coming in, and therefore quite restrictive, you know. Um, and then we have the orange. Um, I believe, and correct me if I'm wrong, is that um, is that we hear a lot more freedoms. You know, I think a hundred odd people you can go to, um, you know, uh, events and stuff like that. Uh, outdoor events and indoor events um, and then you have green which is pretty much you know I think you can just guess by the colour that's all go and pretty much standardised um, but you require a COVID vaccine passport mm. Yes you do and um, most businesses will be looking to utilise the vaccine passport so what that will mean is that under certain stages of the traffic light system, if you don't have one, you won't be able to go to that particular mm-hmm. uh, business at all. Mm. Um, for example, if it's red. So the idea is um, to eliminate the need to use lockdowns as much as possible. Mm. So um, by utilising the traffic light system and having a situation where COVID's in the community and it's a concern because of the level of hospitalisation, um, that only vaccinated people mm. through the passport system would be out in the community mm. at various shops. Obviously, uh, supermarkets and places like that, chemists will be exempt for Yeah, they've got, they got supermarkets, pharmacies, all health and disability services, food banks, petrol stations, education settings, public transport except for the um, air transport, you know, with um, Air New Zealand and stuff, Accessing housing and housing support services under uh, control of the state sector is uh, the ones that they're kind of saying is that you don't need. Um, and really it's around about, you know, people like events, hospitality. Uh, retailers and opt-in um, one as well, I was reading the other day as well. Um, community sports and faith Based gatherings is where the you know the traffic light system and show you show you COVID sorry COVID vax and show where it is, uh, yeah. So that's the well the overriding message I'm getting from employers is is they're very um, much in, in favour of moving to the passport system because if they don't, uh, when the uh, lights go red, they won't be able to operate mm-hmm. um, unless they're operating under the passport system. Yeah, you know, and I, look, I think it's every time I'm out and about, and I see that you know currently we have that scanning in stuff, uh, you know, and I see employers not really monitoring it, watching it. You know, it really irks me because it's in their interest. They need to have the people coming into their shops. They need our workers need that are working in there need people to be coming in there so they can keep their jobs. People want to get out and they want to walk around a mall or a shop or around the street or wherever it might be for shopping. Yet, you know, there's there's, there's very there's only a I find a small select few that actually are checking with you. Oh, have you signed in? You know, have you signed in? Oh, you make sure you're sitting over here or whatever. Others just seem to be um, put a sign up and um, they don't do anything about it, you know what I mean? And then quick to moan when it all turns to custard, mm-hmm. you know, and say, oh, you know, our businesses are failing. It is, like you said, it's in their absolute interest and in their best interest to force, um, to make sure that, that people are going, you know, to ask the question, 
have have you got you know have you signed in mm. you know oh you need to be wearing a mask that kind of stuff that mm. becomes the norm. Yes, so um, they could possibly take a lead from the supermarkets where. Um, Frustratingly, we often have to line up and uh, wait to be signalled that we can actually go on and people are actually viewing whether or not people are scanning or signing in if they don't have the ability I'll, to scan. I'll say one thing that's right. I'll say one thing about the Blimmin supermarkets, mate. It, it's not actually much of a problem until, uh, you know, they all get a panic on or something goes, oh, there could be something. And then everybody runs down to the shop and suddenly you've got you know, a line that normally that you do on your Tuesday, you'd have like mm. a three-minute wait, or sometimes these days it's 30 seconds, you know, depends what time of day. It's not mm. as bad as, you know, what you think until uh, the silliness comes involved mm. and everyone goes, oh, I need to go and stock up on toilet paper or, yeah. <laughs> you know, that kind uh, of silliness. Yeah, you know? so, I mean, the kinds of places where you see them not – um, doing what the supermarkets do, or the cafes and the mm. retail shops, which is quite surprising. I mean, I can understand that a small cafe may not have the um, uh, business power to actually have somebody monitoring it because that's a cost to that business. Um, but, you know, we've got some pretty big retail chains that aren't doing that as well, and I would have thought they do have the ability to do mm. that. Mm. Um, but yep. So um, I'll give a shout out. To, I, I was I, I went out to um, a local eatery, um, and I'm sure others are doing it. But I'll shout this one out: is um, is down in George Street there or Jacko's uh, working the system? You know, like you, you know they put you at a seat. You have one person. There's gaps, mm. and and I thought that was really really good. They're wearing masks. They're still being. You know, um, and I thought that was excellent, and it made no um, no no issue to me to sign in, uh, get seated, and get served. It just becomes the norm, doesn't it, mate? So they did it really does, well. Geez. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, you want to eat, don't you? You don't really mind all the other <laughs> stuff. Yes, and and I, without yeah. saying this one, I, I was out the other day um, and um, we went into a place and um, it happened to be um, we were going to watch a – a, a show in a you know, movie, and um, you know we we were putting the seat, and then we went to meet a gapping. You know that my daughter moved because she didn't like that somebody mm. suddenly. Mm. You know that's what, and my you know my daughter's twenty one, so this is what they're doing. You know that's their age group where they feel uncomfortable yep. and say, oh, I don't want, I don't want, you know, I need some distance between me and the other person. You mm. know, which is really good. It's pleasing when they do that. You know, yeah. Yeah. So um, just going back to uh, those risk assessments at the workplace, so uh, one of the things that we have come a- up against is where a business might have an aspiration to be 100% vaccinated, um, but whether or not the risk assessment demonstrates that every role in that workplace requires it is another matter. Mm. And so it is it is important that um, when you know unions are involved because we will call out um, well, hang on a minute, that particular role doesn't need to be um, vaccinated, mm. um, whereas the employer might be just wanting to get everyone vaccinated and utilising mandating to do that. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, again, this is about um, saving jobs, mm. um, you know, for people who are choosing not to get vaccinated. Yeah, I know that uh, in regards to Countdown, uh, the one that they, they want to do vaccinations right the way through, you know, for their whole, their whole yeah. business and done a risk assessment, you know, our union, in this particular instance, our union has, um, you know, responded to it in quite a significant way, questioning, you know, mm. uh, some of the staff. And, you know, because we've got customers coming in that are not required to be vaccinated, 
um, yet they're requiring you know people to be vaccinated and all yeah. those kind of questions and and having you know a call centre people you know uh, who are not doing public contacting are just doing the general stuff and, yeah. and suddenly that they're they're important and they need to be vaccinated as well it's, you know. These yeah. are things that we need to raise as unions um, to challenge. Uh, and the only people that do that are unions. That's right. Um, one, of the, one of the most common things that we're coming up against with people who don't want to get vaccinated is the matter of choice. And, um, you know, the, you know the, they sort of talk about this government, uh, you know, I have a right to make a choice here. Um, this is communism. <laughs> yeah. So, how's your union dealing with that? Uh, well, we we strongly suggest that you know, like all unions, that you should be uh, you know getting vaccinated. What I say to those people is that you know you do have a choice. That you know that you know if you want to travel overseas, you have to have uh, a passport. There's no other way to get overseas. You're not going to do it. And, you know, you might go, well, I'd like the idea of travelling overseas and I don't want it. You're making me get a bloody pay. Well, that's the way it goes if you want to drive a car. And you, the choice is you can drive a car, but you have to have a licence. Uh, we're getting to the point where, um, you know, we're saying, yes, you can choose not to get a vaccination. But the consequences of that might be that you might not be able to have a job and it may be very difficult getting a job. Now, the choice will also be that doesn't stop you getting the benefit, doesn't stop you getting food and it won't stop you getting health and care and all that stuff. So um, I say to them, yes, you can make a choice. Okay, you don't like the consequences of your choice, but you're an adult. This is the world that we live in and in my opinion is you need to just get on with it if you make a choice, don't bellyache about the consequences. If I go and rob a bank, the consequences are that I'm going to end up in the court and go to jail. That's good. If I don't mm. like that consequence, then don't rob the bank. Mm. You know? Mm. Yeah, that's how I, that's you know, we, we have to make choices all the time in our lives that mm. determine what we can and can't do. Um, and this is another one of them. And it's a choice that's um, on us. Uh, due to how devastating uh, COVID has been in terms of the number of people that got unwell when there wasn't a vaccine and the number of people that died, yeah. um, you know, that's starting to calm down and that's as a result of the vaccine. Yeah, five um, We can't be in a situation died. where we isolate ourselves forever mm. and lock down and live out of our homes. You know, it's just, <laughs> it just yeah. doesn't work, does no, it? No, and the government, yeah. you know, and that's the, that's the trouble that, you know, a government has, isn't it, is balancing that um, on how quickly do we do it? And yes, there are some people um, say we're too slow and, and, um, and I, at times I believe we are slow. Um, but overall, I think that, um, you know, a, a very unique uh, position that no other government's ever been in, you know, to make these decisions. And these decisions will affect people's lives, livelihoods. Uh, so the impact of making a too slow will affect, uh, you know, the economy, jobs, um, uh, and businesses closing. Going too fast means that we have deaths, we have an overrun health system, um, and we're back down to the restrictive lockdown. And then, of course, it affects the economy. So the balance must be. I, I wouldn't want to be the person making the decisions. I really, I really wouldn't, mate, uh, because. 
you know, we look at it now, um, you know, there's the people getting frustrated and annoyed and yelling, screaming and want the place open, um, you know, and if we do that, if we did that, you know, quite a few months ago, we would have been in the shit. This this one person that came in with Delta doing all the right things, by the way, not doing all the wrong, but doing the right things, that one that came through has caused where we had, where we are now. Imagine if, if we'd thrown the doors open, like some were suggesting, and we had 20 people come in with Delta. We, you know, just, you know, the, 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 the thought of that is just horrific. And I, and I say to people that our government and, and us as a country decided that we didn't want the deaths. We didn't, you know, one death is too many for New Zealand to accept this as a part of it. Well, people put the um, sorry, the government put people first uh, mm. above business, <clears throat> but then had uh, huge packages of support for businesses to ensure they continued on. So, I would imagine uh, that if the government didn't do what it has done, um, that uh, we'd all be um, yeah. screaming very loudly because. Um, the people who are anti the government right now is usually around the fact that they're anti-vaccine or mm. vaccine hesitant or demanding that they have a right to make a choice. Mm. Um, but they are the minority. Imagine if, what the majority would be saying now if the government hadn't have done what it did. And imagine the minefield of considerations that needed to be taken into account when determining the way forward. Um, you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't. So I think uh, the government has shown good leadership. I think the decisions it's made have been in the interests of the public health mm. and um, in the interests of business as well. Um, certainly our economy is doing a lot better than many others um, as a result of the early lockdown um, last year. Mm. So, you know, there's a lot to think about there and um, – I do wonder what might have happened if we had a different government and business was put ahead of um, lives. Yeah. I think uh, we'll, we'll wind it up on there, George. I think it's a good point to say at the end of our show is that let's not forget the majority. And we're talking not a slim majority. We're talking the vast majority of people in New Zealand are doing the right thing and are trying to... Um, get back to some form of normality mate thanks very much for your time and your, and your chat it's always interesting to have a chin wag with you mate on the show so thanks again yep. and um, uh, kia ora to you and um, we'll catch everybody listening out there at another time cheers okay. mate thank you If you're a fan of NPR, listening to our podcasts and live stream has never been easier. Just search for accessmedia.nz on the App Store or Google Play and download the app with the Kiwi Fruit logo. Once you've got it, pick Manawatu People's Radio from the list of stations and go find your new favourite show.